Welcome to the Catholic Cafe, where all that the Catholic Church believes and teaches is served fresh daily. So come on in and see what's on the menu today. Now, here's your host, Deacon Jeff Drzymski. Greetings and welcome to the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff, sitting in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe, sitting here with Sidekick Tom. Sidekick. How are you doing, Tom? I like that. I'm well, and you, sir? I'm doing well, and I'm doing especially well because we've got some great weather. We you know, do. Here at the Catholic Cafe. We, we, we have the windows open. I know. Isn't it beautiful? There's it's like a fan, cool it's, breeze. It's like we're in San Diego. It's, it's summertime, you know? Yeah. It's just beautiful. Summertime and, here is brutal. Well, it can. So when we get this. It can. It's nice. Don't know how to act. Well, it causes us to want to get out and do stuff. You're right. And and as I think about it, I thought, you know, while I was sitting there eating, uh, I don't know what I was eating. A bear kind of, claw. Yeah, eating a bear claw. <laughs> Thank you <laughs> for reminding me what it was and how unhealthy it was for me. But so I'm eating this bear claw, drinking my cafe latte. There you go. And looking outside, and I was kind of pondering on summers and just what we do in the summer. Daydreaming. Yeah, I was daydreaming. Mm-hmm. You know, and I was thinking about all the summers I've had in the past and, and what people really do today. You know, whether they're oh, yeah. going to some big uh, amusement park. You know, we don't want to name a whole bunch of different names, but there's some that involve flags and some that involve, like, little mouse ears <laughs> and whatnot. And we take family vacations to these places. Yeah, exactly right. You know, or we go and see some of the great sites, you know, we've right. been camping near the Grand Canyon or Yosemite or so, all the kinds of state parks that are all over the place, right? right? Right. And then there's just like, let's go to the beach. Yeah. You know, let's go to Florida. Let's go to the Carolinas. Let's go to Alabama. Let's find some place, you know, I'm sure all out on the West Coast. Beautiful beach everywhere, right? Oh, yeah. Lots of things to do uh, during the summer. Yep. And it may even be just going, let's go visit Grandma's house or let's go visit... You know, whoever, family, friends, and just a time of vac- a time to be away from our normal routine. Just relax and hang out. And and the summer's great. It's it a great is. time to do that. Yep. Right? Because, you know, obviously the kids are out of school. Mm-hmm. Right? Kids are out of school. And there's so that means there's no, like, church or no, school sports. No alarms sports. going off during the week. and That's right. You know, kids are spending the night here and there because right. they're in the weeknights because they can. Everything's loose. People don't have to get up early. Yeah, things loosen up a whole bunch, of, like your work schedule does. You know, even right. you know in the corporate America, you know, you're all expected to take vacations during the summertime. So we all have to be, like, give and take when, where's Bob? Oh, he's on vacation. Well, all right, well, let Joe do it, you know, whatever. Right. And there's just a lot more flexibility that happens yeah. in the summer. And, of course, you can't knock the great weather. That's always making you feel like we got to go camping or we got to go walking or we got to go to the beach or we got to do something. Right. So that all sounds perfectly natural. And, you're, and the people who are listening to this now going, well, that's great. I need to go on vacation now. Or <laughs> what are they talking about? What, isn't this, is this the Catholic Cafe or just yeah. like the vacation what is wrong show? With those what, two? Is, <laughs> what are they talking about? You know, but it was a, there was an interesting thing. Okay. Uh, that I noticed because I was uh, I was getting ready to process in it at a Sunday mass mm-hmm. and uh, the the bell started to ring and so the the church bell started to ring and and usually when the church bell rings that means it's like it's go time yep right it's straight up on noon or whatever mm-hmm. the uh, hour the mass is that we were at and so and I'm looking out there and I'm realizing at the back of the church it's like man it's about half full not good about half the people that would normally be there. Not good. And I turned to the priest and I said, you know, Father, it's kind of interesting, but where is everybody? Yeah. He goes, it's summer. Oh, wow. You know, and they're kind of used to that. And I thought about that for a second. And see, I, so as I was sitting here eating my bear claw. Man, that, that just hurts my heart. And my cafe it. latte, I was looking out the window thinking about vacations and summer and all that kind of stuff. And then realizing that 
at the same time all this good stuff's happening, there's also some problems where people are taking not only summer vacations, but they're sort of taking sacramental vacations. Yeah. yeah. You know? And I, I don't want to say that vacations are bad. Vacations are great. Oh, they're fantastic. You can't beat a vacation. It, it relaxes you, right? Mm-hmm. It helps you sort of like reset and renew. Right. And of course, all the fun and the family, those are all great things, great opportunities to to rebuild your life, to to recharge your batteries. All those things are great to do. So vacations are good. The problem is, I think that a lot of folks start to maybe vacate things they shouldn't be vacating. Right. Right. They get rid of some of the things that are that are important to do. Right. You know, and I I know uh, we were chatting about this at one point in time when you were talking about sort of being in a rhythm. Right. Yeah. During the. Yeah. During 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 school time or when school's back in session, you kind of get in that rhythm of going, going, waking up every day, going to mass on Sundays, just doing what you're supposed to do on a daily basis. And all of a sudden that stops and then it carries over into the to mass time. And then, boom, you're you're out of the rhythm. Big time. Right. And so when you get out of the rhythm, then all of a sudden, I don't know, why does all heck break loose? <laughs> right. And, and literally, you know. It does. And all of a sudden, you, you are challenged to get to Mass. And I started thinking, you know, if if vacations are good and we shouldn't be taking uh, uh, sacramental vacations. Right. You know, what what's causing that? Mm-hmm. Now, the rhythm is good. I believe the rhythm thing. I remember, I, uh, you know, when, when I would do, uh, when the kids were in school and when... You know, I've got a job and whatnot. We, we're all yeah. kind of on the clock. We're kind of doing things, and, well, we have this and this and this. And, and we always knew that. And we would look forward to the weekend when that would be the time where we'd go to Mass and we'd kind of relax or whatever. But when it's all relaxing, then all those other things that are going on you know, in the summertime end up starting to be... Carries over. They become distractions during the summer. Yeah. Right? We can get distracted with the vacations, with the summer competitive sports leagues, right? The hunting and the fishing and the going to the lake house. And these are good things. Again, but the problem is when those things distract us from going to to mass, that can be a problem. Yeah, turns into I, a bad thing. I, I love what the dictionary says about the the definition of the word distraction. Mm-hmm. Essentially, it's a, a distraction is something that takes your attention away from what you're supposed to be doing. Right. You know, think about that for a second. A distraction is like, well, I'm supposed to be doing this, and then, but yet, this going to the lake house or going hunting with my buddies or fishing or whatever it might be, or the the competitive sports. I hear that all the time. Right. That's right. A, that's constant. I think. Yeah. And again, those are good things in and of themselves, but a, a, too much of a good thing can be bad. Right. When it starts to take away from when it distracts you from what you're supposed to be doing. Yeah. So somehow we got to figure out how to get folks into this idea of understanding that there there is really seriously. Um, some way that a primary way in which we need to understand how we how we relate to God, mm-hmm. and the church has, has sort of defined that for us and helped us to understand that it's in Holy Mass, right? And this is why we're I'm obliged to go every Sunday right. and Holy Day, and you know a lot of people will, uh, you know, they'll say, uh, well, you know, I go most of the time. Right. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm usually going to Mass, and I'm thinking usually most of the time. Right. <laughs> you know, why not all the time? Did, you know, if I ask somebody, hey, did you eat yesterday? Well, of course. <laughs> you don't have to say, well, I mostly eat. Right. You know, I, I usually eat any given day. Right. No, you find the things that are important to your life that sustain you, mm-hmm. and you make sure you do them. Right. I, I was amazed one time. My wife was, uh, she tells me, told me this story recently where she was uh, sitting 
at a sports game. You know, it was a it was a church uh, league, and we were sitting there watching our kids play. And and the person and it, and and she knew uh, that it was the deacon's wife, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And she just sort of said, "Well, we didn't get to mass last week because we were at the cabin." You know, they were talking about their the cabin and whatnot. And she just said it so nonchalantly. And my wife went like, "Wait, this is a deacon's wife?" Well, no, this. Why this woman knew that my wife? Oh, I got you. Was the deacon's wife? Gotcha, gotcha. In other words, they were telling someone who would know better. So right. that helps me understand that they were, and they, she was so nonchalant about it, right? That it did not even phase her. It didn't really come across in her mind that you know, did you know that that was a holy day of obligation? <laughs> right. You right. know, and I guess what we need to do, and that's we've, one of the we've missed something. Big that's time. right. That's right, and that's big why I, I think I wanted to do a show, kind of talking about you know, vacations are good. Mm-hmm. But we should not and cannot take sacramental vacations. I mean, the, the catechism doesn't say anywhere in there about taking, you know, a vacation from the sacraments, mm-hmm. right? And I and I, I just guarantee I I shouldn't say guarantee, but I just I don't feel like when when we go uh, to, to our, our our personal judgment, we're standing there before the gates of heaven, and Saint Peter's looking down this list, and he goes, looks up and says, "Now, did your daughter win that basketball game?" You know, if she did, you can come on in. You know, if not, sorry. You know, and I can't imagine that. But I I think more importantly, I wonder if the Lord himself would say, so you you chose that. You Mm -hmm. you chose hunting or fishing or whatever over me. Right. Because we have to remember what we do at Mass. We don't just go there and hang out and, you know, and it's nice to do the sign of peace. It's nice to pray the Our Father. It's nice to do a lot of these different things but, it, but essentially we're worshiping our lord you know we 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 hear in the liturgy of the word the the, the the words breathed by god inspired sacred scripture and that that help mold us and and um, and transform us in this world but then you know after the homily we go to this uh liturgy of the eucharist and we just see this we receive jesus body blood soul and divinity yep and we experience our lord yeah you know and it's like well that's that's a pretty heavy deal. Yeah, plus two, why would you want a vacation from that? And that's what Jesus, I think, would ask us. Yeah. You know, so I guess before Jesus asks that, we should ask ourselves that yeah. and see where are we in that situation. But I guess maybe I just want to take a few minutes and talk about um, what it is we're doing on earth. Because a lot of people get confused a lot. Yeah, They'll think that. You know, even atheists are what I think, well, this is all there is. Mm-hmm. And we as Catholics don't believe this is all there is. In fact, what we would say about our time on this earth, it's really uh, an opportunity that we're, the main reason we're on this earth is to prepare, prepare ourselves for heaven. Right. Right. And we do that by availing ourselves of the grace of the sacraments. Right. If we focus on the sacraments and the graces that come to us and not on all those things like, you know, investments and securities and stocks and bonds, you know, those are good things. They are. You know, having that nest egg and whatever the retirement fund, these are good things, but, but portfolios. But, but also, like, how big is your house and how many cars do you have and what kind of car do you have and the food and the power, the drugs, the sex, all that stuff that can sort of take over. And people think, is that what we're supposed to be doing? Right. Right. Is that is that how we're preparing for heaven? Right. And the reality is, no, here on earth, the sacraments are preparing us for heaven. Yep. Those opportunities for grace that you don't get anywhere else. That's right. Now, I mean, sure, there's some grace to be available to you uh, just in, in meeting a homeless person you know, or hanging out with somebody and praying with them or just in a smile that you would give to a stranger. Right. Christ is present there, absolutely, and there is a grace that... 
that happens there. Mm-hmm. But the reality is there's no more direct and impactful grace in our lives than that grace that comes to us through those sacraments. Right. Right? starts with baptism, uh, Eucharist especially, right? Confirmation, uh, going to confession. Sacraments are the, the lifeblood, if you will. Yeah. That's how we prepare for heaven. Yeah. And you know the way we do this every week? It's Mass. That's right. Going to Holy Mass. And so you're sort of saying, well, instead of preparing for my trip across the country to, I'm going to drive to California or whatever, drive to the West Coast from the East Coast. To prepare for that, I think I'm going to go play baseball. Yeah. It's like, well, you know, you need to buy gas. You need to, you know, get directions and all that. So you, you, there are things that you would do to prepare specifically for that trip. Well, right. our trip to heaven, we got to prepare in a special way, and it's not playing baseball. That's right. Right. Playing baseball is fun, yeah. and it's good. And I would not say don't play baseball, but I would say is try to balance all that stuff in your life. Yep. Well, we're going to take a break, um, and I want to talk more about really what the church teaches about this obligation to go to Mass. We need to talk specifically about what happens when you miss Mass yeah, and what idea. reasons, et cetera, et cetera. And we'll do that when we get back. Before I do that, I want to remind folks at home we've got a great website, www.thecatholiccafe.com. Also, uh, I would love for you to send me an email, uh, and you can do that by sending it to Deacon Jeff at the Catholic Cafe.com. And with that, we'll be right back. I'm Bess Drzymski, and this is another great moment in church history. In every generation, certain individuals stand out as brilliant teachers of the faith. 19th century England produced one such shining star, Blessed John Henry Cardinal Newman, one of the most brilliant Catholic writers and educators of modern time. On February 21, 1803, John Henry Newman was born to banker John Newman of London. As one of six children, young John Newman was well-educated and known as a voracious reader of novels. By age 15, Newman had a conversion experience, straying from his Anglican faith and becoming an evangelical Calvinist with strong anti-Catholic leanings. Throughout his life, he would always acknowledge his gratitude for this conversion experience and saw it as pivotal to the salvation of his soul. But he grew over time to see that the evangelical Christianity, with its emphasis on salvation by faith alone, was, as he put it, a Trojan horse for undogmatic religious individualism that must inevitably lead to subjectivism. Newman came back to his childhood Anglican faith, seeing the great need for the hierarchical church as a body to protect and transmit the faith through the generations. While teaching at Oxford University, John Newman was an integral founder of the Oxford Movement, a group of high church Anglicans that sought to restore to the Church of England several aspects of Christian tradition and liturgy that had been lost. The Oxford Movement published a series of tracts that gradually became more and more Catholic in tone and theology. Ultimately, John Newman converted to Catholicism and continued to write several eloquent defenses of the Catholic faith. His writings and the Oxford movement with which he was intimately involved were responsible for the conversion of hundreds of people to the Catholic faith. John Newman was ordained a Catholic priest in February 1846. In 1854, he was sent to Ireland to serve as rector for the newly established Catholic University of Ireland. 
While in Ireland, Father Newman published a series of lectures on the idea of a university, wherein he argued that the university should be dedicated to the search and transmission of all truth, including the fundamental truths revealed by Christ through his church. Blessed John Newman serves as patron for the Newman Centers of Catholic College Students established at universities across America. I'm Bess Trzymski, and this is another great moment in church history. Welcome back to the Catholic Cafe. Here's Deacon Jeff. And we're back in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe, and I'm sitting here with my sidekick, Tom, and we are talking about that evil thing called the summer vacation. They are evil. No, they're not. I, I, again, we've, we've, we've pointed out, hopefully, that, that vacations are great. They are great. But sometimes they can be problematic. They can. They can. But you know what? I think they're great, and here's the reason why. One of the things our family does, we actually plan on where to go to Mass when we go on vacation. There's some great apps out there you can get on your, your phone, get on your computer. I think it's uh, masstimes.org and uh, find out where. That's exactly right. So what's it, so you enjoy going to different places and finding uh, having it. different experiences. Love it. You get to experience mass. the uh, universality of the church. You kind of get to see mass from an outsider's perspective, and uh, that's that's just neat to see. So a guy like you who normally goes to a mass with lots of tambourines and guitars and kumbaya. Absolutely. Who wouldn't do that, Deacon Jeff? <laughs> you know, and, uh, you, and you get to go, and all of a sudden it. you might see it's like, what's what is he doing? Is he on fire? No, no, that's incense. Right. You know, no, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But, you know, you do get to experience you this really one holy Catholic and apostolic church and realize that word Catholic means universal. Yep. Which sort of takes us sometimes out of our little comfort zone of our own parish. It does. Uh, and so you're right. And and I know that it's really, uh, sometimes it can be a challenge. To, and a lot of people tell me, like, well, we didn't know where to go. But every time I've traveled, if you look on those apps on your phone or right. ahead of time, or just get recommendations from folks. You know, one time we stopped at a beautiful little parish. We were on our way back from uh, Florida driving to Tennessee. And about halfway through, we are, we went to Macon, Georgia. Yeah. Found a beautiful little church called St. Joseph's. Right. It was a, one of the more beautiful masses I think I've experienced recently. And it was That's just cool. It was fantastic. It was just kind of like out of the blue. But we got a recommendation from somebody who said, hey, if you go through Atlanta, you'll right. hit Macon, Georgia. Right. Stop by this church. You'll love it. That's neat. Went there and it was fantastic. But it was a new experience. We, we probably learned that from my parents. I remember my mom telling us a story of, uh, going to a hotel concierge or going to the concierge at this hotel. Concierge says, you know, the only people that ever ask me about mass time or churches are Catholics. Why yeah. is that? She got to explain why. You know, oh, it's interesting. An obligation. Yeah, it's neat stuff. Well, we have to. Yeah. Yeah, I do. I do. Uh, it always is interesting when you're talking to a Protestant, you know, and they right. love the Lord and they and they go to church. But if it happens to be, if if Christmas is on a Wednesday... Well, they don't typically don't go to church, to go. right? Right. Well, but we do. Right. right. It's a holy day of obligation. That's right. Right. And so we're very concerned about mass and where it's going to be. And if we're traveling, right? They're like, well, you know, it took me a while to find my church, right. and I doubt I'm in the middle of this strange city. I'm going to be able to find a church like mine, right? You know, because not all Presbyterian or all Baptist or whatever churches are alike right. in terms of their theology. Right. Now, hopefully, all the Catholic churches. <laughs> Are alike in the theology, right, but the right. reality is, is the, not always it's interchangeable when you're talking about some churches. So I know it can be difficult. Yeah, yeah. But it's interesting when uh, it's good when the Catholics and when your mom, who raised you right, 
helped you understand Thank that you, you need you need to go to mass every single Sunday. Right. You know, and that's it. That's, we call it an obligation. Mm-hmm. And I know some people who don't like mean words. You know, obligation's a mean word. Yes. Say a nice word like opportunity. It's right. a holy day of opportunity. <laughs> and I don't mean be facetious. And it is an opportunity for grace. Right. It is an opportunity to meet the Lord. It's the, the, to invite the Lord into our life at that moment, on that day, whatever's going it on is. in our world. It and is. it is an opportunity. It's great. Yeah. But it's one of those opportunities that you better do it. Right. <laughs> you know, right. it's an obligation. Right. And I guess we should probably talk about why that we would, you know, what we would teach about that and why it's an obligation, uh, why it's an obligation to us. And I, I want to read out of the catechism. I know a lot of reading on this show, but there's a couple of paragraphs I want to read. One is paragraph 2177. Okay. It says, the Sunday celebration of the Lord's Day and his Eucharist is at the heart of the church's life. Sunday is the day on which the Paschal Mystery is celebrated in light of the apostolic tradition and is to be observed as the foremost holy day of obligation in the universal church. Now, that says a lot. It does. Because a lot of people don't really understand that Sundays, they'll say, well, this is a Sunday in ordinary time. Right. It's just an ordinary Sunday. (laughs) But ordinary in the Catholic world, or especially in in, in church lingo, means counting, like ordinal numbers. Right. It's a we're counting. What are we counting to or from Easter? Right. Or ad you know Advent. Right. The beginning of the church calendar. And so I guess people mistake the word ordinary as plain. Right. Yeah, it's just ordinary. It's not. And and here the, the catechism helps us understand that 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 this Paschal mystery celebrated is the the foremost holy day of obligation. So our Sunday, the Lord's Day, foremost. Holy Day of Obligation in the Universal Church. That's big a words. big deal. Big that words. means every Sunday. Right. And that's why people have to understand the concept that Holy Day of Obligation, that our Sunday is really like a mini Easter. Right. Every Sunday is Easter. We celebrate the Lord's resurrection. Right. Right. Every Sunday is Easter. Mm-hmm. Now, it's not the same day as the Easter celebration we celebrate on our liturgical calendar, but we are celebrating the risen Lord, Easter, Jesus overcoming death. Right. Right. On every Sunday, mm-hmm. which means, by the way, if you do all your math right, you realize that every Friday is what? There's a, a many good Friday. That's exactly right. So we should be sort of thinking penitential thoughts on that Friday. Right. That's why some Catholics, the Universal Church used to not have uh, any meat eaten on, on Fridays, mm-hmm. on all Fridays. Now we've moved that to just Fridays during Lent. But um, the church asks us to, to treat every Friday, even outside of Lent, as sort of a day of penance. Right. So saying a rosary, an extra rosary on Friday, or maybe some, a lot of families don't eat meat. We choose not to eat meat on Fridays, just right. as a reminder, mm-hmm. right, of that sort of penitential sort of feeling that it's a good Friday leading up to Easter Sunday, which is every Sunday. Right. So a lot of people don't realize that's why the church teaches that it's it's, it's important. Now, a lot of people think, well, okay... I get it. Sundays are important. But what happens if I don't go? Right? What happens Good if I question. don't go? Well, we, we have an answer Might not for like that. the answer. <laughs> well, let's just go ahead and read the answer. Uh, and if between read, the eyes. That's right. Well, go ahead with uh, paragraph 2181 in the Catechism of the Catholic Church. The Sunday Eucharist is the foundation and confirmation of all Christian practice. I mean, words like all. Yes. You know, foremost. foremost. Yeah, we're hearing some big <laughs> words here. These are not right. little words. For this reason, the faithful are obliged, not, you know, opportunized, but they're obliged to participate in the Eucharist on days of obligation, unless excused for a serious reason. For example, illness, the care of infants. 
or dispensed by their own pastor. So water skiing's not in there? No, it's not in there. Dang it. Unless you hurt yourself in water skiing and have an illness. That makes sense. <laughs> Those who deliberately fail in this obligation commit a grave sin. <laughs> oh, see, now there we go. That's, that's they had scary. had to say grave well, and they had to say sin. Yeah. You know, and so when someone says, you know, it's a mortal sin if you miss mass. They're right, that's good. actually. That's a good invitation. Well, right? people like to point fingers. And they like, people love to tell you when there's a yeah. mortal sin, don't right. they? <laughs> we ought to do a show on mortal sin, right? We should. People love to tell you something's a mortal sin. Right. But the truth is here they're right. Now, again, I don't want to be like this bearer of bad news and, and right. try to bring death and uh, pain right. and suffering on your life. You're just a messenger. I'm just reading You're what just the church teaches. Boy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and the thing is, you, you stop and think, oh, why would the church call this grave matter? It's right. serious. Grave, obviously, you know, grave. That's serious. Gravitas. Right. Uh, you know, what goes in the grave? A dead body. <laughs> right? Exactly. That's where we get mortal from, like a mortal sin. So this right. is one that separates us from the love of God. Right. Right? And so we have to understand that, um, yeah, it's a grave sin to miss mass. Now, this, let's reread that last sentence. Because that's a, it's important for us to understand that those who deliberately fail in this obligation commit a grave sin. It means yeah. you have to mean to do it. Now it's not you, know, you, you blow your tire on the way to mass. Yeah, that's uh, you're, you, you have absolutely no money. The car breaks down. It's sitting in your garage. You have no way to get there, and so it's you know Sunday morning. You're like going, I don't know how I'm going to get there. Right. Or you fall ill. Or you're caring for somebody, and there's no one else to do it. Right. You're caring for little children, especially ill children. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so there are some serious reasons that would that would keep you from going to mass on that particular Sunday. Yeah, and you are definitely in the clear there. Right. The church is compassionate. God is merciful. He's not expecting you to to you know to uh, Leave get up your out of bed at home. Right. And and. And then, right, and go and go to mass, and then come back and hope everything's okay when you get back. <laughs> right, he's not asking you to do that, mm-hmm. and you need to care for those things that are in your care. Right. right, and that makes perfect sense. However, at some point in time, figuring out how to get to mass is important. Right, so you can only use that excuse for so long before you start going. Well, I got to figure this out. I got to get on the on the bus with somebody to go to mass, or maybe I need to get someone to watch the kids or bring the kids with me. Or right. once they get over this illness, we're all going back to mass and everything's great. But you know, water skiing, hunting, right. fishing, uh, the soccer tournament. Right. You know, the big tournament, the Amusement big games. These are not reasons to miss mass. Right. Well, let's get off the negative. Let's talk positive. Yep. Forget about why we miss mass. Let's talk about the reason why we go to mass. Mm-hmm. And that's because we're obliged, but we're obliged to God. We want to go and worship God. We want right. to receive his son, right, in the Eucharist. Yep. We're obliged to ourselves, Right, we're yep. obliged to our family and the and the gifts that the mass gives us. So go to mass every Sunday. There you go. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the gift of Holy Mass. Help us to realize the awesome grace you have made available to us through your Son's suffering, death, and resurrection. Mold our hearts to be like Him, whom we receive body, blood, soul, and divinity in the Eucharist. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Catholic Cafe. If you'd like to contact Deacon Jeff, send an email to deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. 
The Catholic Cafe is brought to you by the Order of Malta Federal Association and is broadcast with ecclesial permission from J. Terry Stive, Bishop of Memphis in Tennessee. Join us again at the Catholic Cafe. There's always room for one more at our table.